We know who the Jaguar stars are and what their impact is, but how about some other players that have made tremendous impacts this season? We'll talk about them here on Locked on Jaguars. You are Locked on Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, good people? Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Jaguars podcast. I am Tony Wiggins, the host of the Locked On Jaguars podcast, where it's your team every day, and we thank you for making us your first listen. Quick reminder that we're free to subscribe to on our YouTube page. Make sure you go to Locked On Jaguars on YouTube, hit the like button, hit the subscription, and then also the bell so you receive notifications anytime we drop an episode. And if you're riding around in your car and you listen to podcasts, make sure wherever you do that, you also tap in every single day so that you do not miss an episode. We would want you to do that. Today's show is sponsored by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com forward slash locked on NFL and use the code in all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Also, if you're an everyday, thank you for joining us. And we'd like to invite everyone else to become an everyday or two. Just make sure you tune in every single day. All right. So what we're going to do today is talk about role players. And sometimes these guys are stars. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they have to take advantage of their moment. But one thing about a six and two football team is, you know who the stars are, right? You know who the usual suspects are, the guys that, um, are placed in a position to have to either make plays or not make plays. And they get a lot of scrutiny, but they also get a lot of credit and sometimes even a lot of money. Right. But any good football team always has these other players, guys that will step up and be responsible for having a stellar game and, and maybe being the real reason and the difference why those games were won or lost. We're going to talk about a few of those guys today. We're going to have a good time doing it. So, these can be people that play um, a role, like one of them is Brandon McManus. We'll talk about him. I have no idea why Denver let him go, by the way. I got a little bit of an idea, and I'll tell you what that is. In segment three, we'll talk about Rayshon Jenkins in the past, the current, and even the future, right? And then we'll talk about somebody named Dewey. His actual name is not Dewey Wingard, but that's what... He is a Andrew Wingard is affectionately known here as Dewey, and that's not going to change. And the way he acts, and I say that in a good way, he, his name needs to be Dewey. So those are the players that we'll mainly go through. I know there are more, but I really want to hone in on those guys. Let's talk about the importance of those players. Your, your star guys aren't going to get it done all the time. In fact, it might be a wash where your quarterback and the other team's quarterback are very good, so they're both going to play well well enough to win so other things might have to happen right we get that uh the other part is your great quarterback may be playing against a great defensive unit and they may scheme some things up to where other guys have to step up because in football it's not really position uh guys at the same position going back and forth now i know that they love to do that on the marquee they love to do that before games it's patrick mahomes versus joe burrow or joe burrow versus josh allen they are never on the field at the same time. 
I get that. It's also a little bit of a play on words because even though they're not on the field at the same time, sometimes it's like whichever guy who does the best while they're on the field is going to be successful. But what about running backs? What if it's two teams with really good running backs? It doesn't depend on them. Their ability is their ability. It depends on the offensive line being able to block the defense, right? It depends on the team not getting far behind where – you know, one team may have to throw the ball more than the other. The game can go too many different ways. So th- what I'm talking about are guys who, regardless of things like that, are able to have a positive impact on the game. Uh, that is a little bit unexpected, right? Because teams spend so much time taking the main guys away that sometimes what bites them is they they press it and they go, just like I used to always say, if you're a quarterback, they will make you throw a throw that you don't like, that they know from watching you work out or watching your tape or going to your work, just having a book on you, right? Well, from a team perspective, a lot of teams will say they seem uncomfortable with this or they seem uncomfortable with that because that little dude they have playing in that position, they try to hide him a little bit. And we're going to make, we'll see if he can do it. And when you step up and not only do that as that role player, but do it really, really good, and you are profound, and you're, you actually go above and beyond and do a very good job, well, usually that's good for you because they walked right into something that didn't know what they were getting into, and then boom. Last week in Pittsburgh, Andre Sisko out. I'm sure the Steelers thought, we're going to attack the free safety. Andrew Wingard says, bring it. They attacked Andrew Wingard, and Andrew Wingard was Johnny on the spot every single time not only not allowing Pittsburgh to get away with what they wanted to get away with, but even more so than that, what they did was he actually made them pay for even trying him. He made them pay for even trying him and trying to come at him. And and that's what this is all about. There are a lot of people, a lot of people that have, a lot to do with six and two, actually all 53 guys. And even the guys on the practice squad, if you want to break it down, because the work that has to be done from a collective during the week is huge. But there are certain people that have had impact on the field. That is absolutely tremendous. We're going to highlight some of those guys today here as we get ready for what is a bye weekend for the Jaguars. Um, I didn't want to do what we call evergreen shows because I wanted to basically talk about what was relevant this year. I ain't going to take some uh, some look ahead to something. No, we're going to talk about what's going on right now and how did we get to this point because there are a lot of people that are responsible for the Jaguars getting to this point. Brandon McManus, who was able to become a Jacksonville Jaguars because his former coach, well, I he never even coached him. The coach that now coaches the former team that he played for in the Denver Broncos, Sean Payton, just let him go. He ended, Sean Payton ended up getting Will Lutz, his old kicker from New Orleans, and I think that had a lot to do with it. That's my theory. There's no reason for a guy with Brandon McManus's ability to end up on the free agency market. But boy, oh boy, are we glad he did right here in Jacksonville. We'll discuss that more here in just a second on Locked on Jacksonville. First of all, thank you for joining us again here on Locked On Jaguars. As always, today's show is sponsored by 
prize picks. Man, my son sent me his results this morning. He plays prize picks, which is the daily fantasy sports, the, the, the largest independently owned fantasy sports platform in America. And guess what? This joker got lucky. He took my advice and he won last night. And you can do the same because prize picks is the absolute truth, man. Like I said, it's the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. And it's also the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers, not a whole bunch of other players, including pros and sharks that are trying to take your money. All you do is, is look at the stat projections for the players that is assigned. And then what you have to do is pick more or less. That's right. More or less between two and six entries. And if you get them all right, the more you pick, the better you get paid. Go to prizepicks.com forward slash locked on NFL and use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the code locked on NFL in all lowercase for a deposit match up to $100. Get on it right now on prize picks. All right, man, we're running it down here on locked on Jaguars because what we're talking about are in some, uh, in some cases, I've called these guys the others, right? Didn't refer to them as the others today because I think they have deserved uh, a distinction that is is uh, it's higher than that, right? They're not the frontline players. They're not the starters. We talked about Dewey Wingard already, Andrew Wingard, the safety. Very, very valuable backup, special teams guy, but he comes in in a pinch, whether it's at the strong or the free safety position and plays with a lot of in, uh, uh, inst- instant violence. He's he, he sudden the way he pops on the tape. Somebody else, man, has made a big impact on this team. And I think we took it for granted. We took, a, took it a little bit for granted with this position because we just wanted a guy who could just kick it and get it through. We had Riley Patterson here last year as the place kicker, solid from 46-47, maybe able to make a 50-yarder, but you never thought it was automatic, right? Any times it, it, it crept up in, into that distance. Brandon McManus looks automatic. Now, he did miss a little bit of a chippy a couple of weeks ago, but with, all, all, with everything being said and done, I have more confidence, just as much confidence in Brandon McManus right now as probably Raven fans have in Justin Tucker. I know he's considered the GOAT, but just hear me out. I said right now. There are also, there's some people that thought Brandon McManus was known for making all these long field goals that it had something to do with the altitude. Special teams coach said he made them on the road in Denver too. He said that before the start of the season. So Brandon McManus has done something and has affected this team in a way I don't recall anyone except Josh Kobe that was able to, I love Mike Hollis to death, but Josh Kobe used to, you almost said, just get us anywhere near it and he's going to make it. And that's the way this team is. You get across midfield and gain 10 yards. You're already in Brandon McManus's range. We know that's a 57 yard field goal. He can get it. He can make it. He can. I think that puts a lot of pressure on the defense, especially in uh, situations like two minute drill right before halftime or um, if the Jaguars have a six-point lead and there's four minutes on the clock and the team's trying to get them off the field, you, you can't you can't sit back and let them nickel and dime you up the field because that's what they'll do. 
you're afraid to put too much pressure on Trevor Lawrence because he'll throw one over the top. It puts you in this little bit of a quandary situation. So there are some teams that will allow a team to drive the ball a little bit and dink and dunk, take a lot of time off the clock, get to about the 50-yard line, and then say, okay, let's tighten up. Let's not, let's not let them get these last you know, 18 yards they have to get to get to the 32. This is where we'll tighten up a little bit. You can't do that with McManus. You let the Jaguars get across midfield, they only got 10 yards to go, they're going to get it, and he's going to make it. You have to guard against everything when your kicker is so proficient, and he has been just that. Made a boatload of field goals last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers that allowed the Jaguars to win, and what it also does is it it kind of reduces that never-never land area where it seems like especially last year, every time the Jaguars got to a certain spot, they had to go ahead and try to go for it. If they're right at the 40 or inside the 40, well, let's just go for it if it's shorter than three or four yards. And even sometimes it was five yards they would go for it. You don't have to do that now. You go ahead and take the points. I'm not saying that they won't ever do that, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't do it. But what I'm saying is, is it's not done out of necessity. It's done by choice. Having a guy that can kick the ball that far really puts the defense in a bit of a pickle because they're always going to give up points. And we saw this past weekend when the Jaguars kept getting to the red zone and they were failing to convert and get first downs. They also had a couple of situations where they got close and created turnovers. They got turnovers across the 50-yard line like three times. And I think in the mindset of Doug, he said, man, we got to come away with some points. So they started taking the points as opposed to continuing to go for it. I joked last week that they should have kicked the ball on second down one time because every time, like the other day they had against Pittsburgh, they had a play, they were in field goal range, right? So they said, okay, if we don't make it, we're going to, I know they're thinking we is, we'll, we'll try to go for it. We'll try to complete a pass. If we don't make it, we'll kick it from here. Tried and guess what happened? Got a penalty and guess what? Move back, they're out of field goal range. Got a sack. Move back. Somebody fumbles the ball, you move back. Anything can happen to take you out of field goal range. So I think it affects the play call in a little bit too because they're like, well, we're already in field goal range. Let's just run something and look at the clock, see what time it is. He's going to make it. It's not a risk. It's, it's, it, I mean, everything is a risk, but it's not as big of a risk because the likelihood that he makes it is very, very high. Most teams don't want to miss a field goal from that point because – if you're, if you're on the 35-yard line, you're kicking the field goal from the 42. You don't make it, and they're only eight yards away from getting across the 50-yard line. So for a coach to want to kick at that point is a big, big deal, and you really, 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 really got to trust your kicker. The Jaguars trust their kicker, Brandon McManus. I probably have, and Scobie's my dude, and he did it for a longer period of time, and he, he he's on the Mount Rushmore uh, well, not even the Mount Rushmore. He's number one in Jaguars history in terms of who the kicker is, right? With Mike Hollis right behind it. I don't know that at any point that my confidence in who was kicking the ball for the Jaguars was ever any higher than it is at this point. Now, be very careful with what I said. I don't know about calling Josh Kobe on me because that's my friend. And then he said, Wig said that McManus is the – that's not what I said. What I'm saying is at no point in Jaguars history was my confidence any higher 
for any kicker than it is with Brandon McManus at this very moment. May have been even with it, but it wasn't higher. I'm as confident in him as I have been. And you can name a kicker. You can, you can name a kicker. You can give me the kid out of Cincinnati. You can, you can give me the kid, Bucker or whoever, whatever the dude name is in Kansas City. You can give me any kid. I'll keep the guy I got right now. I ain't tra- I might do it for Justin Tucker just because Justin Tucker has done me wonders in fantasy football over the years. But right this minute, I don't know if Tuck- Tucker's missed some field goals this year. Right now, I'd take Brandon McManus over anybody. And because he's a Jacksonville Jaguar, let me tell you something. Logan Cook is a really, really good punter. In fact, I would say that our combination of punter and kicker might be the best in the league. Add that to a young team led by Trevor Lawrence with Travis Etienne and the wide receivers, and now the the new depth with the offensive line. Add that to the defense that is playing really, really great. And guys, you know what we have? We have a really good football team that's 6-2, and and it's not by accident. All three phases, offense, defense, special teams. Nobody thought the three of those three units at this point in the season that the Jaguars offense would be the one. I wouldn't say people are concerned, but we're just sort of like waiting. Okay, come on. Come on. Let's go. Come on, offense. You got it. A little engine that could, right? That's the way we used to think about the defense. That's the way we're thinking about the offense this year. Brandon McManus has made a huge impact. I'm going to tell you somebody else that made a huge impact. And believe it or not, believe it or not, there have been situations where folks really, really, really questioned. They really, really questioned Rayshon Jenkins. They did. In fact, I wish I had names, but there's some people that thought Rayshon wouldn't be around here much longer. I wasn't one of them, but there are people that thought that. I'm going to tell you why his impact is so big, not only on this year. We're going to look back at when he got here last year, this year. I'm going to even take a stab at taking a I'm going to take a chance and go looking into the future. I'm going to tell you why he's so valuable to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'll do that in just a second here on Locked On Jaguars. But first, I have to let you know about DoorDash, man. Look, DoorDash has been absolutely pivotal for my life lately. Had a tragedy recently. Prior to that, was locked in the house at home having hip replacement surgery. And folks were sending me food, right? I sent myself food, but then we got some care packages in and folks used DoorDash. So I, I moved into a new area and I was calling around trying to get people to deliver. And, and you know, whenever you live in a new area, sometimes it doesn't show up. They say, oh, we don't deliver there. We don't deliver there. We don't deliver there. I do not have that problem with DoorDash. DoorDash delivers everywhere. You call them, they'll go get it from your favorite local restaurants too, not just your chain restaurant, restaurants. So get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCK23. I'm going to read it again. 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. DoorDash, make them your friend, man, because they have been reliable for me and my family. And we're running it down here on segment trois. Segment three, or tres, right? 
on Locked On Jaguars, the Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. That is the daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast where it's your team every day. We always thank you for making us your first listen. Let me tell you something about your next watch, though. Your next watch should be something that you do on Fridays at 2 o'clock Eastern time. And it's all about football here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's called Locked On NFL Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Host Tanitra Baptiste, Jarvis Davis, my boy Jarvis, Kyle Krabs, what up, Krabby, Locked On Dolphins, will break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and more. Plus, get in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked On NFL kickoff live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern time on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. And that will include this one. This is Locked On Jaguars, and we are included. We're going to talk about Sean Jenkins. And I'm not talking about Sean Jenkins because he's friends with some of my son's friends. I'm talking about Sean Jenkins because he is an invaluable member of the Jacksonville Jaguars secondary. Doesn't get talked about a whole lot, but has had the impact of a Malcolm Jenkins on. And I mentioned Malcolm Jenkins. I've done it more than one time. I've even compared Andre Sisco to him a little bit. But he's also been that stabilizer on this defense. And I know Doug Peterson knows what that looks like because he coached Jenkins and won a Super Bowl with him. You always want to have guys that are NFL professionals. You say, Tony, everybody who plays in the NFL is a professional. What are you talking about? Don't miss it. Everybody who plays in the NFL is a pro and is a professional, but they don't necessarily carry themselves like a professional. There are some guys that just do that, that do any and everything, that do a lot of dirty work, things that don't get noticed unless you're a tape watcher or unless you're one of those coaches for or against that recognizes the impact of someone like Rashawn Jenkins. He's been huge. He's been huge. And a lot of times it was one of those dudes, Rashawn, along with Dewey Wingard, there were people that folks were saying, okay, but the Jaguars, the Jaguar fans were like, okay, well, you know what? We'll just, we'll replace him when the time comes or he won't be here and we got to let him go. I know people that say that about Foyle Lewicon. We were at practice. I was talking to a national guy. He was saying that about all of them. You got to let him go. Got to let this guy go. Got to let this you know, not so fast on all of that. And I know I sound like Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend, but not so fast trying to just run guys out of here. You, you know, when you get good football players on your team, they mean more than what you see on film sometimes. Sometimes they are locker room, the locker room presence. And to just unilaterally think that, well, this is the way it goes. We're going to use this formula to say who needs to come and who needs to go, I think is incorrect because if they haven't developed people behind them, and I know that everybody knows the names on the depth chart, young guys they want to see, everybody. Right now, I know there's somebody out there already typing, and I haven't looked in the comments. Somebody's already typing, by then Antonio Johnson will be ready. And well, You don't know that. And why not have both of them? What if you get Sean to restructure a little bit on his friendly deal or, or say, man, just keep running back, bro. We'll, we'll figure out. We'll get a little bonus money for a lower cap fee. Whatever has to happen. What if that plays out? You ever thought that a guy might like where he is? You ever think about that? I know it's all about the money, but at some point there is a point where the money is relative, where that extra $2 million 
for me to be happy where I am and for me to keep playing. And, you know, there's something to be said about being on a team that you help build. And they still want you. The reality of this business is that at some point, everybody can't get paid, right? If the Jaguars win, they already got a lot of guys they got to pay. But then, especially if there are moments, there are similar moments, like Rayshon Jenkins had one last year, right? He got the sack that allowed the fumble to happen against Tennessee with the Jags were losing it. Josh Allen ran back for a touchdown. It was the go-ahead touchdown in the game that allowed the Jaguars to be the divisional winner and go to the playoffs. What about the interception against the Dallas Cowboys? Another game that they needed down the stretch. Got two picks. The last one was a pick six, and he waved bye-bye to the crowd. If you go back, I think the thing that was in people's memory about Rayshon Jenkins was the penalty that he got against the 49ers a couple of years ago that got him ejected, but it also gave the 49ers a first down when the Jaguars were seemingly ready to get him off the field, and people wanted to run him out of here. I just think it was a bunch of frustration. That's what I believe. I think it was frustration. I think Rayshon wanted to be good so bad for this team and wanted things to turn around that it was frustrating. That was, that was the Urban Meyer year. And then last year, he totally redeemed himself, but we saw it. Anybody that stood on that sideline and practice in minicamp when there weren't any fans, you saw him jumping balls, you saw him in the mix, and there was a clear separation between who he was and anybody else that was going to play behind him that, at, at that position that the Jaguars needed. And he proved it during the season. How many times has anybody said anything negative this year about Rayshon Jenkins? You haven't. He worked on his body. I think him and Cisco both probably gained 10 pounds of muscle, and they have been dialed in and all in. And he is just one of those guys that is an unsung pro on this team, and he's a very, very valuable member of this football team. And I think any thought about Rayshon Jenkins not being on this team in the future is something that people need to rethink because I do any and everything I could. I don't care if I got to give him some bonus money right now to lower his cap and to lower his salary number for next year. Whatever I got to do to make him happy, he is one of the guys that mentally, I believe, and physically stabilizes this football team, and he is a big part of that defense. And I really do believe that sometimes we need to rethink ourselves. The worst thing you can ever do as an analyst or as a fan is to not be honest. And you have to be honest. You have to be truthful. When you're wrong about a guy, change. I was a little bit wrong about I liked him, and then I was like, ah, so I was a little lukewarm. But then when I saw him practicing last year up front and I paid attention to him, I was like, yeah, he's the real deal. Because I was a big favorite for a long time of putting Cisco into the box or if they're going to run split safety. He's not really having a free or strong safety. But if they were to bring Cisco down because he's a thumper and he's very, very fast and then going out and getting another rangy free safety. No, not now. I'm all good with them keeping it the way it is. And hopefully everyone else will be too. All right, man, it's the weekend here on Locked on Jaguars. No game for the Jags. No postcast this week because there ain't anything to do a postcast about. Enjoy it all. We'll get ready for the 49ers starting on Monday. We'll bring you five good days of podcasts, including a Thursday crossover with Brian Peacock as well as my man Eric Crocker. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. So locked on Jags, locked on 49ers next week. And then I'll make my first trek to the stadium for next week's game since the Houston game. I think it's the last game I went to because I was in so much pain. So, no, yeah, that is that is the, the last game I went to, the Houston game. So I'll be back in the, in the fold. Um, 
doing a lot better. Thanks for your well wishes. But the Jaguars are important in those three guys. Real quick, the importance of role players. We talked about Dewey Wingard, Brandon McManus, and Rayshon Jenkins. Guys that really, really stepped up for this football team, and I look forward to them doing it for a long, long time here in Jacksonville. You guys make sure you take care of each other, like I always say, and we'll do it here, and we'll see you next week on Locked on Jaguars.